Good afternoon. This is your host, Debbie Harris, with In Hot Pursuit, where we strive to bring you biblical truth and introspection and stir your heart to hunger after God. So today I want to talk to you about relationship and religion. Relationship and religion. Because I think sometimes we throw terminologies out there. We throw statements out there in regards to, I don't have a problem with God. I just have a problem with religion. And so, and really, frankly, I think we're basically saying that the problem is, is, is within our traditions and our customs, right? Because really, when you break down re- religion in its singular form, it's just referring to traditions and customs. I mean, you could be religiously um, cleaning your car every Sunday because that's what you do, because that's your tradition and your custom. And that would consider you would be religious religious in that that way um you could just attend mass every sunday right you do this every sunday and it's became part of your tradition and your customs the only time that it becomes really harmful right because we all have traditions and customs but it becomes harmful when When we act as as the as the Sadducees and um, the Pharisees acted, right? I mean, they thought just by keeping the law that made them holy and that made them righteous. And in actuality, they were just going along with traditions, customs, and rituals. <laughs> I mean, because when Jesus came on the scene. They refused to recognize him. They were so, you know, accustomed to following the law that they were blinded by that. When Jesus came along, they could not receive a lot of the things that they were saying because it was it was kind of legalistic in a way, you know, just going by a guideline and not understanding um the importance of allowing God to really invade their heart. And so that's when, when you talk about, we talk about having a relationship with Christ. We're saying, I have allowed God to invade my heart. I've allowed him, you know, to change my mind. I've allowed him to, I, I willingly allow God to come in and sup with me. Right. Um, So therefore, I have pursued him. I'm hungry for him. And that's why I know him, right? And this is so important because when we talk about relationship one, uh, I believe that a lot of times it's really one-sided. That we believe that we're going to dictate the whole entire relationship and that we still get to do what we want to do without, you know, no holds bars, right type of living. (laughs) We just get to do what we want to do. And, you know, there's no consequence. There's no correction. There's no conviction. And that is not relationship. Relationship is based upon two mutual parties. Um 
coming together, compromising and sacrificing for one another, walking together, right? Um, walking in purpose. And so a lot of times I hear people throw this terminology around relationship when in actuality it is just a permission slip for them to continue to not to be accountable for living up to the standards that God is requiring of us. I hope you guys are getting this because this is so important that, you know, we understand the difference between relationship. In this relationship, God has made more of the sacrifices than we have. We are receiving his grace. We are acknowledging what he did for us, that he died for us. In this relationship, he's made the ultimate sacrifices. In this relationship, we recognize that God is with us and that God lives on the inside of us and that God created us in his image and in his likeness. We recognize in this relationship that God has given us more than we could ever give to him. And so in this relationship, what we're doing is more so there are some things that God requires of us, but it can it will never match his generosity. It, we cannot match God's generosity in this relationship. We cannot match God's sacrifice in this relationship. And so it's so important that when we say relationship, it, we really we, we really should be saying is like Paul said, I want to know him in the resurrection of his power, right? In the fullness of his suffering. We got to really think about what we're saying when we enter into a relationship with Christ. Because Paul said, I want to know him in the fellowship and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, right? I really want to begin to understand what it's like to live radically for Christ in such a way that I'm willing to, to suffer with him. I'm willing to surrender. I'm willing to sacrifice whatever he's calling of me or whether, whatever he's requiring of me, I'm, I'm willing to give that. Paul understood God's love for him. And I think that's when that's when we truly are in relationship with God is when we understand that there's no other there's no substitutes, right? <laughs> you know, John said, you know, should I, you know, are you the are you the one or should I look for another? And Jesus said, you know, tell John about the miracles and how the blinded eye look John here's the proof there's no substitute right there there's no substitute here's the proof here's the proof here's the evidence he had to remind John of what he came here to do to seek and to save the lost to heal us of demonic oppression and evil 
to heal us, you know, and only God heals. Only God can do these things, right? And so he, you know, he came to open the eyes of the blind. So here he is reminding John, like, there is no substitute. I think relationship is really a lot about us being recipients of the love of God and understanding because of that and being compelled because of the love of God to do what Paul said, to live a life for Christ, a radical life for Christ, where we understand that there is no substitute, that our life, we align our life, we surrender and submit our life, but we align our life in accordance with the word of God, right? You know, we, we allow the word of God to really govern our life, but not only that, the word of God becomes alive within us. You know, it convicts us, it corrects us. God causes revelation, he illuminates the word. When the word becomes clear and understandable to us, that we can live in victory, we can live as conquerors and overcomers. But, you know, we got to really, and that relationship also causes us to reflect Christ in our conduct and in our behavior. And so this is so important because I think, you know, there's a difference between, so a lot of times when we say religion, we're talking about some type of, you know, bad experience we had with the church. But really, in, in most cases, we're now alienated, yeah, alienated or separated from God. So, so do I prefer a relationship? God wants me to know him in the fellowship of his suffering, you know, in the power of his power of his might, right? In the fellowship of his suffering. He wants me to know him in that way. But ultimately, relationship is not a permission slip for us to just go and live outside of the will of God. And I think sometimes we have said, we say certain wordings and we say certain things to excuse ourselves and to ignore the convictions of our heart, right? God is convicting our heart and telling us to get in alignment with his word, to tell us to raise our level of sanctification and consecration. He's calling us unto himself. Why? Not because, because he understands that evil will lead us into a dark place while righteousness leads us to walk in, 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 in light and walk in peace. But you, but a lot of times, you guys, we can't have relationship with God outside of community. Community helps us and reminds us and equips us and strengthens us to keep walking in faith with God. And so... 
trying to have a relationship outside of the body. You're having a you're having a outer body experience, but but it's void of Christ. Christ called us into community. I mean, think about how his disciples sat at his feet and and were taught and, and learned and were developed. So they could go out and witness. They could go out and be a light in dark places. They could go out and talk to people about the love and forgiveness and the grace and the mercy of God. They could because they sat at the feet of Jesus and they learned of him. So my question is, if you are in relationship, are you sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning from him? Because there's, that's the only way. They called him a great teacher. They called him a great master. They recognized his sovereignty and his holiness and his righteousness. And they sat at the feet of Jesus to learn and to be taught and, and, and to be trained to go out and impact the world. We can't talk about relationship if you don't want, you don't believe that the word is in the infallible truth of God, that the word is uh, there for correction and <laughs> the word is there to, to guide us and, and to instruct us and, you know, improve us. The word is there, but if we don't believe, there's no way. Here's a whole manual. Here's the whole manual of, of, uh, and the heart of the father written on the pages <laughs> of a book. And if you don't begin to consume that book and to, and, and to eat this book, <laughs> right? And spend time in solitude and meditation with God. And I think and when you do that, when you have true relationship, true relationship is going to lead you to community. My goodness, because true, true relationship with Christ is always going to lead you to community. And so I think we say these things to kind of isolate ourselves. And in some ways, you guys, it's self-deception that that we have conjured up in our own minds, reasoning and rationale that we've conjured up in our own minds, but it's, it's contrary to what God is calling us to. I just wanted to speak to it for a moment because I see this oftentimes, you know, I, you know, I don't have a problem with God, but you have a problem even saying who God is. And the Bible says that I, there should be no other gods before me. So he already told us that there would be other gods that would be fabricated, other things that will look like God, that will be counterfeits that are not God. Jesus Christ, he said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but by me. So there's no way we and then here's the thing. They were serving God's different gods in the Bible and there are people now serving different gods today. And these sometimes they we don't even know unaware in a deceptive manner. We've entered into idolatry, right? We've entered into idolatry and we're serving false gods. Gods that can't hear us, that can't touch us, that can't be filled with the 
the you know the feelings of our infirmities no the only one who can feel our infirmities is the one who the father sent and wrapped him in flesh so that he could walk among us so that god could know our experience god experienced our experience through the son right so that's father son and the holy spirit god the father sent his only begotten son wrapped him up in flesh it was a piece of the father that was sent into the earth to really understand humanity's plight so that he could really rescue us and redeem us back to the father that's the whole thing of the gospel guys so here's the thing there is no way you can have relationship without community because the moment you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, he calls us into community. I just wanted to remind you today that you've been called into community. You have not been called into isolation. Well, there are sometimes God will separate you and pull you apart. There are different seasons. There are different, different seasons of wilderness. There are different seasons of, you know... Like Moses on the, there's different seasons where God does separate us, but you see, they didn't, they really weren't separated just by themselves. Moses was still in a, he was driven to a different community than Pharaoh's house. So for a season or for a moment, God may pull you out. And there are times that you need to have that solitude, that alone time with God. But really, I'm going to tell you. Walking with Christ, <laughs> if you really going to grow and mature in your faith, if you really are going to know God and the power of his res there is God is God calls us into community. You see it all through the Bible, you see it definitely in the New Testament. God always calls you out of something into something. But he didn't call you to be isolated, to feel like you were the only one, <laughs> the last man standing, the one, only one on, on the island by yourself. Um, you see that you see that movie Castaway. You you'll go you you're going to go crazy. <laughs> Tom Hanks played that role right on in the movie Castaway. And we see him. He's he, he you know, what, what is his longing? His longing was for a relationship. It's an innate it's something built innate in us that desires relationship. Not only with God, but with, with people of the same like faith, community. Faith is best cultivated in community. And so I, I can't express this enough because I really want us to get rid of this ideology. There is something that there's a such thing as um being legalistic being so fact of the matter so by the book <laughs> um, that can alienate you from really experiencing you know the totality of what god has called you experience and we won't experience it until we open up our hearts and not just look at following christ as just a a checkbox right or to-do lists, or just the prerequisites, or the rules, or a bunch of commands. No, this is God's will for my life. 
right? The will helps me to understand the Father's heart. <laughs> so just put it in those termolo- terminologies. The will helps me to understand the Father's heart. And that's so important. The commandments is not just about rules. These are principles that help govern our life and help us have a fruitful Christian life. To not only just please God, but be at peace with men. (laughs) God wants you to be at peace. God wants you, God wants you to, you, you know, you should desire to please him when you understand who he is in your life. When you understand that he is the Prince of Peace. He is an everlasting father. He, he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. When we begin to understand as we sit at the feet of Jesus and we're taught and we learn of him, he begins to help us understand more so who he is you know in our life we begin to get revelation about who he is and who he's always been he's our father he's our confidant he's our way maker he's our sustainer he's our protector he's our provider so these things you begin to understand when you're in relationship you begin to understand more and more about the heart of the Father. The question is, are you really in a relationship? Are you, is, is that just a facade that you, <laughs> that you put up and say that I'm in relationship with God and in actuality you're outside the will of God? You're separated from the Father. You're separated from the faith. You're separated and you're isolated from community. And so I just wanted to stop by and kind of, you know, kind of get our thoughts, get us thinking, right? Because there is no relationship outside of, there's no relationship in isolation. And sometimes when we say his relationship is really one-sided, we think God is dictating to us and that, you know, this is a, you know, again, a, a free pass or a permission slip for us just to live, you know, without any type of guidelines, like just off the guardrails, so to speak. And God is calling us still to holiness. God is calling us. We serve a just and a righteous God. He's still holy, right? And that means he he can't condone things that he knows that will separate you from him and that could have eternal ramifications. He's a good father. And a good father chastises those that he loves. He corrects us tenderly with love. He corrects us so that we don't continue to walk in error because he understands the outcome of the error. He understands the consequence of the error. He's, he understands the detrimental effects <laughs> of, of the error. 
he'd rather us walk in peace instead of in pieces and to be in pieces and to be without him and to be without him is you know to experience a life void of true peace and true joy and truth and the fruits of the spirit that he's called us to be evident and to and to bear in our life and so guys i just wanted to like i said ask, add some perspective to this whole thing versus you know this whole discussion in regards to relationship versus religion is anything and become a religion i mean because now it's just you know it's a bunch of rule books it's just a bunch of traditions and customs and rituals i i keep but my heart is absent so religion and really is speaking to your heart been absent of love for the Father. And, and in our humanity, it's easy for us to fall into that category and to get caught up in traditions and rituals and customs uh, and things that we've been taught or things that we've learned or things, you know, that we were raised with or whatever. But religion is really absent, is an absent heart. The heart is absent. You know, I can do it, you know, without thinking. This is my ritual. This is my routine. This is, you know, this is what I'm used to. And whatever we become used to and accustomed to, then we begin to kind of make it, you know, a religion. And the religion is not just talking about the church. And a lot of times I think when people talk about religion, that's what they're referring to as the church. You know, um... When in actuality, a lot of times we're separated and isolated from God because we had some type of experience that we didn't like. We have to remember, though, that the church is, is, is a hospital. The, the church is, you know, a place of re refuge, but it's also a place of community. And it's God's bride. So God is constantly perfecting the church. What does that mean? He's maturing the church. He's, he's calling the church to be the bride that he's called it to be, you know, without spot or wrinkle. So, but does that mean that we're going to be perfect and without flaws? No, but we, when we understand in relationship that we serve a flawless God, a perfect God, and that his strength is made more known in our weaknesses and we continue to submit and surrender those weaknesses to God, then we, be, and we he begins to transform us and we become more and more like him, right? Um, in our conduct, in our behavior, and we begin to reflect and look more and more like him. You know, I love this little passage and I'm wrapping up that Enoch walked with God, because really what it's just saying, you know, we think, wow, you know, how can I walk with God and just disappear? You know, it just it's, it just talks about 
to me, it reminds me of transfiguration. Where, where Enoch became no more because he walked, to, walk, walked with God so he didn't, he didn't begin, he began to reflect God. He began to, to really look like the image of God. He was, we made in the image and the likeness, but transfiguration changes us. We no longer look like ourselves, but we really reflect him in our conduct and our behavior. That's why I believe that Enoch walked with God and was no more. I mean, he literally, you know, physically took on transfiguration, but I think God is calling us to that same type of transfiguration. We might not, you know, you know, vanish like poof, poof, or in the, <laughs> you know, but God still does that same transfiguration with us that, you know, we don't even look like our old self anymore, right? Like we don't even talk like our old self anymore. We don't even walk like our old self anymore. We don't even respond, you know, to to the things like we did before when we were, you know, lovers of ourselves or we were serving Satan or sin. We don't even look like, you know, and I'm not just talking about an outward form. I'm talking about our hardest change. There's been an in, internal transformation that has resulted in an outward transfiguration. <laughs> but guys, you know, I just, like I said, I wanted to stop by and kind of, kind of unpack this a little bit. Um, this whole idea of relationship versus religion, because I think people oftentimes will hide behind these type of words or philosophies or ideologies just as an excuse not to respond to the conviction that God has placed in our hearts, you know. And before we wrap up, I'm gonna tell you real, real, real honestly, like the way my personality is, it would be easy for me to stay at home and, and to not fellowship. What community has forced me to do is to look at the areas in my life that God wants, wants me to, to grow in, right? I mean, it's forced me to get out of my comfort zone can I tell you that growth and maturity happens out of your comfort zone? Relationship is not comfortable because it often reveals uh, our, frail our fragilities, right? The areas in our life that are weak that, you know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So some things are going to rub you the way, but it's for your perfecting. It's going to hurt. But it's sharpening you. It's sharpening you because God is calling you for a specific purpose. And there's work that he's called you to do in the earth. But in order to do that, there are some areas in your life that he has to perfect. And when I say perfect, I mean mature, right? Because I think sometimes we think we have to be without. This is the maturity, the perfection in the Bible is always talking about maturity. 
and how God is calling us to grow and to evolve and be more seasoned, you know, and strengthened and, and steadfast and consistent and planted and anchored in our faith. So, and I, like I said, it's easy to isolate you, but isolation is, is oftentimes deception because in isolation, we don't grow. <laughs> we don't grow as much. God may be working on our hearts and, you know, and he does stuff when he calls us, you know, you know, to seasons of separation. He's doing a work within us. But then he calls us right back into community. Why is that? Because together we are we are stronger. Together we are mighty. Together we can conquer, you know, the evil and the, and the darkness in the world. The not alone. No man is an island. And so I don't know where we got this stuff from because I mean, he talks about it. He said, two, you know, where any two are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. I mean, he didn't say there you are, you know. <laughs> and he may be with you by yourself. But it's something about the power of agreement that causes the power of God to show up. <laughs> And to be magnified. He can show his power in public. I've had so many encounters with God personally in my life. You know, personal encounters with God. So many testimon testimonies of divine intervention. Um, of his protection. But I'm telling you. Man, it's 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 different when you're when you're with people that you serve with and you you walk with, you know, through this faith life. But God was all about Jesus was all about community. So when we're saying we have a relationship with God, and we're isolated, and, and again, this is a a lot of this is an attack a tactic of the enemy to get you out by yourself. And to convince you that you can do it all by yourself and you don't need anybody else and you don't need any help and you don't, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's a ploy. And we got to begin to see and open our eyes to the schemes and devices of the enemy. You being at home by yourself and praying by yourself is not going to do it. It's not enough. It's not helping you grow. And if you are honest, a lot of times when you're like that, you're struggling with so many different things. You have old behaviors and old appetites that are flaring back up and all these kind of things because you need community. Because community constantly calls us to the standard of what God is calling us to be. And in community, it's hard to... 
it's hard to to deviate and to stay off course when you're in community. It's easier to deviate and to stay off course and live outside of God's will when you're on an island to yourself. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants to deceive you into thinking that isolation is better for you when because he knows that community, you're going to grow, you're going to be able to conquer more of the vices that you're dealing with. You're going to be able to overcome because you're going to draw strength from other people of faith. But not only that, you're being equipped in community with the tools you need to live a victorious life and to live consistently as a conqueror. So I hope you guys have gotten something out of this session today. Like I said, I just wanted to stop by and, and talk to you about this because it was really on my heart. And so, again, this is your host, Debbie Harris, with In Hot Pursuit, where we strive to bring you biblical truth and introspection and stir your heart to hunger after God. Be blessed.